Welcome to Grabs Podcast number 10. I'm Grant Schwalbe. Today with me, I've got Alex Smith from the Hickory Fire Department in North Carolina. Welcome, Alex. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about Hickory Fire Department? Uh, yeah, we're situated uh, just uh, at the foothills of the, the Blue Ridge Mountain Range. Um, uh, for anybody that's familiar with North Carolina, um, we, we pretty much sit between Asheville and Charlotte. Um, we have everything from uh, trailer parks to industry to multi-million dollar lakefront homes um, with a population of anywhere between forty to 45,000. I'm not exactly sure what we're at in 2020. Well, uh, what, tell us about your department. Um, we're, we're a career department. Uh, we operate out of seven stations. We run six engine companies, two ladder companies, a heavy rescue, uh, a, uh, unit, and then two battalion chiefs. Um, obviously one of those stations is an airport station, um, that only has one truck and one guy. Um, we have a couple tankers in there, but they're staffed with guys from the engine companies. Um, so generally, you know, our first alarm assignment is two engines, ladder, rescue, and a chief. And generally on a working fire, the other chief will come. Most of the time you're going to get a, an additional engine pretty much right off the bat, unless it's a very quick knock um, in which they'll, they'll call engines. And we actually use some some combination departments outside of the city, more to come in and backfill, but it's not uncommon to see them come to the scene as well. Now, what kind of delay do you guys have from first due to second due on a typical fire? Uh, a couple minutes, if if that. Um, generally, uh, I'm I'm assigned to the rescue company uh, now. So I'm out of our fire station one, which pretty much sits dead center of our city. And we can be in station one second due area. Granted, we cover the entire city being the rescue company, but we can be in the second due pretty much on the heels of the ladder company. Um, and, and our ladder companies are situated uh, in the, the east and west second due districts, if that makes sense. Yeah. So t- tell me about the search culture for Hickory. Uh, it's actually coming a long way. Um, I went to work in in Hickory at um, in 2013, and we were we were starting to do a lot with it. Um, done a lot of training on search. Um, we it's not uncommon for us to search without a hose line, um, and you know we do. When the situation dictates, we, you know, we, we've trained extensively on vent inner search and, you know, we've had a couple that have been vent inner search. Um, no positive rescues have come from vent inner search in our city. We don't see a lot of fire, um, but generally when we do, it's, it's usually a good one. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, we used to have a lot of industry and there was a lot of homes that surrounded that. When I say we used to have a lot of industry, we still have quite a bit, but we used to have a lot of furniture industry. And, you know, we've got some homes dating back 80, 90 years old, 1,200, 1,300 square foot homes. And, you know, they're starting to get some age on them. Um, you know, so uh, our, our culture has really started changing for the better as far as search goes. 
Very cool. Take me back to July 16th, 2017, and, and uh, let me know about that grab. So July 16th, 2017, uh, I was assigned to engine company one that day, or I was assigned to the engine at that point in time. Um, our engines generally ride three men, um, ladder four, rescue four. Uh, that day, it was a Sunday, and for whatever reason, right after lunch, um, it, it got busy for us. Uh, we ended up, I took in a second do fire in a uh, pool hall. Um, we cleared that pretty quick, good knock. And once we got back, um, there was actually another structure fire dispatch on the other side of the city. They were able to release some units and then units from the other side of the city got a pretty good knock on it. Almost immediately after they called a control time, uh, at 5.37 to be exact, we were dispatched to a uh, reported residential structure fire. Um, so we knew that, that we were going to have a pretty lengthy second due time. Um, we were going to be first due in our second due area, and we knew that, that our second due engine was coming from, you know, a couple districts away. Uh, so one of the battalion chiefs who was off duty had actually came in our battalion chief um, one or two of them will come in to backfill uh, and run everything while our chiefs are on working fires and we actually didn't have a spare battalion car that day so he hopped on the back of the engine with me so when we rolled out we actually had four on the engine which was turned out to be phenomenal so we arrived uh battalion chief gets on scene um the on duty battalion chief gets on scene um, a little bit before us, calls a working fire, fire in the living room. As we pull up, he meets me at the door and said, there's somebody in there, go get him. So we uh, we take off myself and, and the battalion chief that was on the back of the truck with me. We go to the front door and realize that this house had been absolutely ransacked. Um, come to find out, the gentleman uh, had ransacked his house, set it on fire, and was still inside. Uh, so pretty good amount of fire in the in the front living room. Um, at this point in time, the hallway went straight back from the front door so I could see to the to the very back door on the, the seaside. Uh, so so we went in bypassing the fire. We could hear the second due engine you know coming in so we knew there was going to be a hose line in place pretty quickly. And we just started searching rooms. Uh, we get to the very back of the house, and the uh, the battalion chief uh, he says, "I got him," or "I think I've got him," or, or something along those lines. And <clears throat> I was right on his heels, so we go in. Chief didn't have a radio with him due to jumping on the engine and, and grabbing his gear quickly. So I made a, a call to. To command you know we got a victim and um i'd heard our rescue company check on the scene and just because of all the debris from where he had ransacked the house i i felt like it'd be a good idea if they could open something up on on the seaside back where we were whether it be a door knock out a window i, I really didn't care at this point um so the gentleman was in a old-fashioned standalone bathtub fully clothed full of water unconscious uh, this gentleman was a, probably about 315 pounds, uh, 
six two, six three, pretty good size gentleman. Um, certainly bigger than I am. Uh, so made the call, you know, trying to trying to get him out. And you know, the best thing that worked for me is just that old fashioned, you know, get rescue Randy up on your chest and, and take off walking backwards. Um, so you know, I got him pushed up in the bathtub, got in under his arms, and you know, pretty much lifted with my legs to get him over, you know, the the side of the bathtub. And the chief was behind me at that point, and you know, I was like, Chief, I've I've got got him, you know, up on me. I've got the weight. I was like, you can can you, you just clear me a path, make sure I don't fall over anything, run into anything. So you know, uh, we we got out there, and I was waiting on the rescue truck, I could hear a saw running. And, you know, then I started to realize, and I, I failed to mention, you know, at this time, obviously the smoke's getting worse and worse. And, you know, I've got a couple foot of visibi visibility at that time. Um, I just, I didn't feel like sitting and waiting was going to be our best thing. Um, I could hear the hose line in the living room at that point. Uh, so, you know, I just said, Chief, let's let's go. Let's go out the front. I think that's gonna be the best. Um he at that point in time he was he was making sure um we didn't have anybody else. He was, you know, clearing the last two or three rooms. Um this room had been added or this correct I'm sorry, this house had been added on to several times and there were some really odd rooms. So he was he was clearing all that. Almost hoarder conditions. Um so that that played a part. So we just we take off um, we take off out the the front and you know he was he was going through he had his hand on my bottle kicking stuff out of the way clearing me a path and we get to the living room um, the engine company that had come in second day they they made a good knock there wasn't a tremendous amount of fire more smoke than anything and I I stepped in a, a bookcase that that had been knocked over and uh you know I'm, I'm walking backwards well i failed to step out of the other side um you know i, I was just kind of still walking and my foot got hung so i ended up falling backwards um because i was i was committed to, to my movement uh, the gentleman come down on top of me luckily you know we were we were right there at the front door, so there was enough people on the front porch. Um, they were able to reach in. The fact that he still had clothes on, you know, and just grab a hold and, and pull him out. And um, EMS was EMS was spot on. They were right there off the front porch. Um, they pretty much pulled him off the porch onto the stretcher and, and took him to the ambulance. Um, you know, I kind of got up and and recouped. Um, you know, in them dragging dragging him uh my helmet kind of got turned to the side my, my face piece halfway come off so I, you know i couldn't have c so i get up and um one of the one of the drivers the actually the ladder driver he's right there and he's like you know taking me over to the side and um you know we dress down ems is working with him uh unfortunately i don't know much about the gentleman afterwards um I do know that there was obviously some mental health things going on that day. Um, I do know that he lived. Uh, we we made a couple attempts afterward to to do follow ups, but they were unsuccessful. Um, you know, my hope and prayer is he got the help he needed. Um, 
when he when he got to the hospital, not just for the smoke inhalation, but you know for for the mental health situation that the reason we were there. Yeah, absolutely, Alex. What would you say the uh, the time was from on scene to on the gurney was? Uh, less than less than five minutes, probably a lot quicker than that. Um, you know, we we were able to find him relatively quick. Um, as quick as we found him, I feel like we we were able to get him out that quick. Um, it, our our company officer actually had the tick with him, and you know he was being a good company officer. He he went to do a walk around, especially since there was two of us. Um, so we actually were able to find him by sight. Um, she in talking to him after, he said, you know, I just happened to look in and. Uh, the gentleman was African-American and it was a, a white bathtub and he was like, you know, I, I looked in the bathroom there and I saw his head and that's when he turned around to yell at me, not, not knowing that, that I was right there on him. Um, like I said, when, when we went in smoke conditions, I could actually see the back of the house, but when we come out, um, you know, smoke conditions had gotten worse, but it still hadn't driven us to the floor, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What was your plan? Sounds like you guys kind of did a split search in there. Is that, is that what's typical for you guys if the conditions allow? Uh, yes, um, that's, that's, exactly, um, that's exactly how we do it. You know, each company kind of has their, you know, we're going to do a right-hand wall search, we're going to do a left-hand. Um, I know on my current crew, um, I'm, I'm a firefighter on the back. Uh, so I usually pair up with my captain because we're on the same side of the truck. Uh, my other firefighter, he'll, he'll pair up with the driver and, and we'll go in twos and, you know, we'll take, you know, get in that house, for example, you guys get the left side of the hallway, we'll get the right or, you know, whatever the situation dictates. Um, generally when we get there, a lot of times we, we do end up getting the search assignment so um yeah that's that's how my crew does it you know each crew has their own little way but that's that's exactly what we were doing that that day and you know it worked out great um you know i, I had a halligan with me um I, I left the halligan laying uh you know we can we can come back and get that later um you know the biggest the biggest takeaway i I found from that incident is, you know, in in all the training, you're always taught check the bed, check under the bed, check the bathtub, and I can truthfully say that I have 100% checked bathtubs on search, even even twice, because of the the simple fact of life life experience. You know, that's that's where. That's where I found my first, you know, victim. Well, yeah, and I'll you give know, the credit where it was due. Chief found him. I just helped get him out. And you know, surprisingly, bathrooms account for such a small portion of the house square footage wise. Exactly. But a lot of victims are found in bathrooms. And I don't know if it's a, it's a, a, a just a mental thing that fire's hot. <laughs> Let's go to where there's yeah. water and uh, they yeah. feel safe. But uh, see, we got to make sure that we don't miss those those bathrooms. Well, Alex, I appreciate you sharing the story. Um, if you or if you are on a uh, a fire 
where you get a grab or get an assist live or dead, uh, we ask you to go to firefighterrescuesurvey.com and fill out one survey per victim so we can capture the real data so we can get out to the people in the streets and, and train accordingly. If you want to share your story uh, on the Grabs podcast, get a hold of either Justin McWilliams on Search Culture or on Facebook, or get a hold of me, Grant Schwalbe, on Facebook or Residential Primary Search Making the Grab, and we'd love to share your story. So thanks again for listening, and thank you, Alex. Yes, sir. Thank you.